Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you today, Missouri Training Institute. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> uh, it, it's another good day. Uh, Sun and, is shining. Yeah, it's a it's a great day. Well, and Ray, I just got to say, I am loving your attire today. Oh. Uh, it is bringing such good spring feels into. This is kind of your color. It's this, my color. Yeah, this yes. coral. Yes, bright coral. Yeah. Oh. So we are here for part two now, and uh, I'm going to say just based off of of that cool coral color, I am ready to do more with less right now. Right? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you you have lifted my spirits with that. So. Um, but we're on part two of this. If you joined us last week, you heard us talk a lot about the idea of burnout in the workplace. Obviously, nothing new, but we talked about some different preventative measures. And um, and one of the things Dewey mentioned at the very end of the podcast is what we're going to speak about today, that idea of training, upskilling, really focusing on how do I get myself in a place where I'm comfortable doing the job that I'm having to do, or maybe the job of the 10 people I'm having to do on a regular basis. And so as you all think through your experience, and I'm going to hone in a little bit here on the management side of the supervision management leadership side of it here, um, because as we heard last week, about nearly half of our middle managers uh, that were surveyed, we found out that they're the largest worker group that is experiencing levels of burnout. And so specifically tuning into how did you all, as you came up through the ranks, if you will, in leadership positions, what training stuck out for you or what what did you go to that had the best benefit to becoming the supervisor you wanted to be? <laughs> uh, probably the school of hard knocks training. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I agree. Um, <laughs> training? What training? Literally, I, there was zero. Um, you know, back when we were bankers, you know, they had bank school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we would be able to take advantage of that. But that was technical skills. You know, that was... Yeah, that was finance. The, the ins and outs yeah. of, um, banking. yeah, banking. Not Had, leadership, not management. No, no. That was purely trial and error. Mm-hmm. Mostly error. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes that's your best teacher. I, I agree because the one that really stands out is not a good example because um, <laughs> I was oh, right. in my master's program, you know, on designing curriculum, curriculum instruction. And um, my boss sent me to the latest Fred Pryor seminar on designing curriculum. And they were trying to teach me it all in one day, the hot potato method to curriculum design. And I was like, what the hell is this? So <laughs> I think I was a, lot, a little further along than the hot potato potato method. um, You were in a master's program. Yeah, I was in a master's program. So (laughs) I don't think that, you know, I agree with Ray. It was mostly the school of hard knocks. You know, you learn from the mistakes that you made or you became a lot more intentional and strategic um, about what you were going to do. And then you would experiment and see if that would work. So that's how 
that's how I learned it. Yeah. You know, I, I was very lucky to have um, an excellent model mm-hmm. um, in too. my earlier years as I was coming into my management career. And I felt like she, you know, she was what I wanted to be like when I grew up. And not only was she a good model, but she gave me some of the toughest feedback. Mm-hmm. I'd ever heard. And maybe because I trusted her so much, you know, people might have been saying this all along, but I was like, who are you? You know, you're nobody. Um, And then when this dropped, um, I was like, oh, my gosh. But what's interesting about that to me, Ray, is that you took control over it and you sought people out. Right. You sought mentors out. And I think that's that's what I did as well. You know, I was lucky enough to have a good mentor. Um, a couple of them in my life. And um, I, they really kind of made the difference. But there wasn't any kind of formalized types of things out there that, well, that, I, the, that I engaged in. I mean, the 80s and 90s, especially, it was all about self-help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's the one thing when it, when this came up about upskilling and what what training I had, I was like, you know, I I did it all myself. Like I pursued it all myself Mm -hmm. and being just my personality, you know, everything looks like an opportunity to me, you know, (laughs) a failure or not. It's, it's an opportunity for learning. Um, but I would basically say as I learned to supervise others, it was all just my own self-study. And it, it's so intriguing to me because I remember sitting in my college, one of my college classrooms in my senior semester, and we were talking about like, what are we going to do after school ends? And how are we going to learn the skills we need to now? Because as you know, in college, it's all about <laughs> kind of the, the theory-based stuff. And, the, you know, and I, I recognize the need for kind of some practical application learning. And my first instinct, as well as one of my friends at the time, was like, all right, well, how do we get into some of these Udemy courses or Coursera courses or uh, what videos should I search on YouTube right now just to give me the skills that I would need to be an excellent employee and a great supervisor someday? Like, that's where my mind went immediately. And I've been blessed along the way, much like you all, to have some great mentors that have helped to teach me things. And of course, I've mentioned on episodes before coming to MTI opened up a whole world of what? Um, I mean, I've learned more here than I have in my entire adult life, uh, I think. So, um, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I mean, and, and then people, uh, my friends and, and colleague or friends and family around me have have told me that they've seen monumental changes since I've worked here. So I am grateful. And that's because I have two great mentors and because we teach on a lot of these things that, you know, are important to learn. But it is intriguing to me that there are so many different ways to go about upskilling. You know, don't get so zoned into one way. In my mind, back in college, that was the one way I could learn how to be a supervisor was a Coursera course. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's so many things we need to be considering in this space, especially if we're really working to do more with less. and Overcoming that burnout. Exactly. Exactly. Um, So let's talk a little bit about some of the other strategies. What comes to mind for you all as we're thinking through this concept of upskilling or training beyond how you all approach? 
approached it. What would you have or suggest to our listeners? Well, one thing I think that um, you can imagine is that, you know, it kind of depends where you're at, because wherever you are, there is going to be a different labor supply and a little different labor demand equation in your local area. Right. So this is a market, a labor supply and demand market. So, what, you know, if you're really burned out, you, you know, you're tired of doing the same old things over and over and over again, you know, do a little research. What is the up and coming new things in your labor market, in your local labor market? Um, at, to what degree are you skilled in those technical skills? Um, is there a new challenge, you know, that you could see yourself? Um, you know, I go back to when <laughs> I took the very first computer course at my high school and we were learning DOS. I don't know. Nobody <laughs> even remember what. Computers in your high school in well, we had one. We had one in the, in the school body of typing, 650. Dude. Well, I had my typing class, but, the, you know, this is my senior year and we had one um, Apple IIc for a whole student body Ooh. of of, um, you know, 650 kids. If you were lucky enough to get into the class, you spent the whole semester writing a program in DOS. Oh, you know, and so now, you know, people say DOS and, and Brianna's laughing. She didn't know what that means. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we played Oregon Trail on our computers when I was in kindergarten. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. were in fur skins yeah. and we walked to school three yeah. miles. We always had to make sure that we had that club with us and yeah. you know, those torches. That's yeah. how we got our yeah. light. But, um, no, it's, um, you know, so what are those new things coming down? And, and, you know, is there a new challenge? Is there a new um, certification? Is there a new, you know, industry that interests you? You know, things like that. Yeah. Look up. Look up. You know, definitely look up. Um, because, I you know, I, I think what I'm also hearing in that is sometimes you don't have to stay where you are. Yeah. You know, I don't have to get better at this job if this job isn't supporting me. Right. Now, you know, I'm not, I'm not advocating like, you know, just hip hop around, but I think there comes that level of knowing yourself well enough and we can talk about all the ways you can get to know yourself, but knowing yourself well enough to know where you belong, like mm -hmm. what is the environment, you know, and we, I laugh every time I think about finding this job because I was determined I wasn't going to work until I worked at the place. Your forever job. My Yeah. And yeah. I, but I knew myself well enough to know everything I wanted to do, everything I didn't want to do, what I was willing to negotiate on. Mm -hmm. um, and then again, back to that self-help thing. And then I pursued that. Right. You know, I think it's interesting. You mentioned that that idea of self-awareness, you know, knowing yourself well enough. And for me and where my brain went when I thought about training and something that's had probably a, a, a huge impact on how I'm viewing things, it, it was day one here and it was taking Clifton Strengths. That was literally <laughs> yep. what you all had me do is on my sheet. We, we met for a little bit. We had breakfast together. It was great. Um, some good camaraderie building. Building, and then it was, all right, here's your list. And the very first thing, and you know me, because I go down a list, I'm like, oh, take the Clifton Strengths. Okay. And so I'm going through and I'm reading this. And I remember literally sitting in my office going, oh, oh, <laughs> that's what, oh, 
whoa. Like, I mean, it was really intriguing to me because I had never taken anything like that before. Mm. And so Clifton Strengths was was really monumental in helping me recognize or put words. I want to say recognize. Mm-hmm. I think we I think I knew some of the things, sure. but it was putting words to things that I hadn't ever been able to explain to somebody before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of the assessments and uh, definitely the ones that we are certified in here at Missouri Training Institute, I think do that. And that's what they take that intangible. Yeah. You know, like I knew it. It was an inkling, you know, and now makes it tangible and makes it something that as a team we can talk about, right. you know, and I know, I mean, when I write your performance evaluation, I always go back to how your strengths are showing in the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally use those words. Mm-hmm. You know, that makes sense based on your responsibility that, you know, and responsibility being capital R, yeah. you know, not yeah. not, uh, you know, just the regular kind. Not to put you all on the spot, but I'll put you on the spot. Do you remember your top five? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What are they? Activator, woo, communication, input, and achiever. Um, mine is strategic, maximizer, individualization, connectedness, and empathy. I have learner. I have discipline, responsibility, empathy, and belief. Yeah, there it is. There you go. I was going to say, I know your top five if you don't. <laughs> and so one of the things that's interesting is is I heard us all kind of mention our, our top five with that. And this is we're going to speak to this in terms of the burnout and the way we manage burnout individually. And so mine, as you heard, uh, I have discipline, responsibility, and uh, belief, I believe, is also in the executing domain. It is. And so executing domain is where most of my top five sit. And it's intriguing the way we can actually utilize some of this information. For you, Ray, I think a lot of yours are in the influencing domain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Three of my five. Okay. (laughs) Do you're the analytical, strategic? Mine's in the analytical domain. Yeah. And so we all will have different ways then of how we actually process or work through places of burnout. Mm-hmm. And I think that's interesting the way I've seen it even happen among our team. Mm-hmm. So for me in the executing domain, when things were getting a little a little rough, you know, things start feeling like I'm 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 stressed, there's a lot on on my plate. Um and Ray, you and I have had this conversation. It's like, well, I just need to, I just put, my head, my, put my head down and just keep doing work. And you're like, hold on, <laughs> hold on. But that's the way I process right. as an executor. I just have to keep moving. I have to keep doing. And what's interesting is as we kind of learn more and what we can learn from some of these, this assessment in particular, is like if you're operating out of the executing domain a lot, for me, what actually might help a little bit more is to pause <laughs> and to allow myself time to think, to allow myself the opportunity to say, okay, I'm thinking, therefore, I am actually doing something because sitting still is difficult for me. I feel like I'm not doing something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What about you all? You well, for yours? us analyticals out there in the analytical domain, I need time away from thinking sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, yes. I, or <laughs> I need to give my head a, a rest once in a while. Or the other thing I really like to do, especially when I'm burned out, is I like to reframe the, you know, reframe it. So, you know, how could, you've heard me say this before, but how could this be the best problem I've ever experienced? You know, is there is there a new way of thinking about it to analyze the situation a little bit differently that may cause me to do things differently. You like the challenge. I do like the challenge. (laughs) Uh Solve the problems. You know, and I think you bring that to our planning process because one of the things that we always do when we're, when we go through our strategic planning is, you know, we, we think of that problem, Mm -hmm. like what problem are we facing for MTI? And then we turn it into a question Mm -hmm. and then that's how we 
think up our plan, mm-hmm. like, right, what we're going to do based on answering that question. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, so I've got three out of the five in my influencing domain. I've got one in obviously in executing because that's my activator. That's what I lead with. And then I've got one in strategic. Mm-hmm. But I I'm more about um, to get it done from a perspective of ending someplace, mm. if that makes sense, mm-hmm. like where I want to end up right. um, and spend less time in the moment of it mm. as I'm, you know, trying to get myself there, not enjoying so much the journey. Um, and so I think mindfulness has really come into play much more so um, since I've gotten my coaching certification and and my master practitioner ELI and stuff like that. But sometimes I'm just too future focused Mm -hmm. and maybe I just need to be in the moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, that's really interesting that we all approach it differently. You know, um, this idea of burnout based on what our strengths are, what these domains, you know, what, what, what domains there are, you know, and that kind of takes me back to the whole research that began the idea of Clifton strengths, you know, when Gallup was putting that together, you know, I think Don Clifton, who's kind of considered the father of mm-hmm. strengths based psychology, talked about how his main research question was what would happen if people focused in on what's right about themselves rather than focusing in on what's wrong about mm-hmm. themselves. And I think when we're in times of burnout, that's what we do, right? We focus in on what's wrong. Yeah. As opposed to taking a look at what are the strengths? What do I do well? And then how do I use those? Because in their research, they found it was the study of success, right? And they 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 looked at lots of different people and successful people and what do they do differently than other people? And they found that there was three big things. One is that they knew their strengths, right? So you, you got to know your strengths. The second one was you got to invent ways to use your strengths in new ways to, you know, solve other problems, right? So we got to realize that we're always not an expert in everything, but how do we take what our strengths are and invent new ways to use them in uh, dealing with old problems? And then the third area that they talked about was how do you partner with other people? You know, if I don't have that strength, then how can I rely on others? How can I partner with other people who do? And that's what I love about (laughs) us three is that, you know, as, as, as I mentioned, we're all seeing this from different points of view because we all have such different strengths. But I think we rely on that with one another. Yeah. You know, a a thing I've learned and over the years is don't try to outsmart your your strengths, Mm. you know, because I remember when I first discovered and and this was I we're talking before I even knew what strengths quest remember strengths yeah. finder yeah. it's been uh, several iterations um and i and i did this through my church and one of my strengths was hospitality mm-hmm. and i'm thinking no way jose i was just like no i no <laughs> you know i i'm not the you know it, it reminded me of my grandma being on the welcome wagon you know and that was a thing and i was just like no i don't want it i nope that's you know and people sitting next to me in the group you know had the the gift of of leadership or organization and i was just like those are actually my real strengths like i was you know that that's actually me and i'm trying to <laughs> You know, like my my gift of hospitality wasn't good enough. Mm. Right. And so I 
I spent some years fighting mm-hmm. that and then find out that my number two strength is woo. Yeah. So woo is hospitality just in a, a different format. But I remember that moment of acceptance. Um, and it's when a family friend asked me to do something. Mm. And by recognizing my strength and that just that wash of acceptance Mm-hmm. flooded me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because it was like, how would you know if I weren't emitting this gift right. um, that I've been given? So don't don't try to outsmart it. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah. How do you use it? How do you use it in different it. ways? Yeah. How do you lean into it? I think that's the key. And appreciate it. You know, like, I think that that is mm. like, to your point there, right? I mean, it. these are your unique gifts. What is it they say is like one in 33 millionth of a chance that someone will have the same top five as you or top 10 in the as exact you? same in order. Same, in the, same yeah, order. exact yeah. same order. Uh, I mean, you are unique in that sense. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that that having the opportunity to really invest in those and to find the ways in which you want to invest in those that speak to your greater purpose, whether it's with where you're currently working or where it's somewhere else, potentially. I mean, that is a primary focus of mine now when I consider upskilling, when I think of what training am I going to um, dive into. Uh, and and so, I don't know. It was a good one. I think that Clifton Strengths was a good one. Another one I thought about, again, going through this idea of I didn't know where to start, uh, but it was also very eye-opening for me, was the EQI. Um, I thought having that opportunity to go through as a student first and while we were getting our certifications mm-hmm. to understand, all right, number one, where, where am I at on the spectrum? But also, number two, where are those subscales and how can I use those to maybe now understand the way in which I operate on a day-to-day basis and use those to maybe understand when I'm off balance a little bit too, uh, have, has also been helpful. I don't know. I, I've used that as well in understanding where do I want to continue my path of learning mm-hmm. when I think about my EQI. Again, it's about understanding yourself, you know, and, and how your emotions are affecting um, your relationships, how they affect, you know, your decisions. I mean, all kinds of things. And I think, I mean, you got you two are the experts on this, not me. I'm not certified in EQ, but um, they also have that stress management scale, mm-hmm. don't they? they in, do. in the EQI uh, 2.0. So I bet that would be very helpful. And again, thinking about burnout, mm-hmm. um, you know, how do you manage stress? How do you? you know, take a look at that and how do you deal with that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is one of the, of the composites and thinking about stress, um, as we think about burnout, the ELI, Mm -hmm. um, the energy leadership index also has a stress reaction chart. Mm -hmm. And so it talks about like what's happening with your, you know, energy, like how you're showing up when you're in that stress reaction. And so it also measures, measures your level of stress. What none of them tell you is, you know, how long are you there? <laughs> how, you know, how long are you in that stress response? And I think stress being cumulative, um, you know, your exposure to it is then what eventually turns into the burnout that we're talking about. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And I think, I mean, for me, obviously, I, I told you all before we started the show, too, this is where my, my head kind of zoned into because I use this information uh, so much now to try and guide the way I'm showing up because I, I being an, ex, you know, an execution domain, it, it's easy for me to feel under stress a lot. And I have experienced burnout before, like we talked about on last week's episode. We all have been in a space of that. And so some different things when I tune in, um, kind of jumping back to the EQ, I tune into like my empathy. I know I have a high level of empathy, but there's times when I want to stop listening to people. And that's probably like a big red flag of, hey, uh, something's going on here. (laughs) What's going on? I think you mentioned it last week's episode when you talked about the idea of compassion exhaustion, right? Yeah. Um, So somebody who's really dealing, uh, who deals with a lot of empathy with people that sometimes that can just be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. So like you can use even the pieces of these assessments, those well, subscales, as we call them, to, to try and guide some, um, mar- have some markers, I guess, for spaces that indicate something might be a little off kilter with you. Mm-hmm. When I'm drinking a lot of coffee, <laughs> which I've stopped, by the way, y'all, I don't know if I told you that. <laughs> no. I stopped, yeah, I stopped drinking coffee about a month ago now. How's wow. it going? I switched to tea, so. (laughs) (laughs) Tea has more caffeine, I think, doesn't it? No, well, I was drinking a lot of latte, so a lot of espresso was coming coming through the bloodstream there. But um, so no more, maybe no more pumpkin spice next season. I was just that was the first thing I thought of. Mm. But for me, one of the things that I consider there is like how I'm using caffeine to to like motivate my body to keep moving. And then I go into like my self-regard piece on my EQI and I'm like, wait a second, I got it in me. Why can't I motivate myself without needing the external resource? So if I'm consuming a lot of caffeine now, I've used that as an indicator of <laughs> maybe something's going on here. You know, so there's there's just different ways you can really tap these resources into where am I currently at? How am I doing? And is this where I want to be, yeah. honestly? Well, and, and and getting back to, I think, where we're, you know, this is about upskilling, right? Exactly. This is about uh, one strategy to kind of help you overcome some of that burnout. So, you know, whether it's a new challenge that you need or maybe it's a better about understanding yourself a little bit better um, in order to deal with the burnout and the stress. Yeah. You know, I, I, I always bring uh, the other side But I think there's also an element of let it go. Mm, yeah. And, you know, I know we're talking about doing more with less. And I, I know last week I, I I mentioned my idea of coming from a, a position of abundance, mm-hmm. um, that we actually have all that we need in order to do what it is that we're meant to do. Mm-hmm. Like you have that answer. And I, I absolutely believe that. And so I think in kind of tying that passion to the purpose, and we're talking about the different assessments that help you understand yourself. I also think then in that understanding and acceptance comes that idea of letting some things go. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those things, uh, first of all, they can be things, um, but it could also be letting go of self-judgment. Mm. Um, letting go of anger, letting go of fear, self-doubt. And, you know, so those things aren't what's getting in your way. So I think there's some letting go Mm. that happens in the acceptance of abundance, you know, theory. Sure. You know, something I read a statistic the other day that was um, interesting to me now, and I I won't even be able to tell you where it came from at this point. But uh, as I was reading through different articles, I'd come across one and it said that 
about 30%, only about 30% of the population of the world is meant to be leaders. Mm. And I thought, whoa, <laughs> that that seems very low and was kind of discouraging for me in a way. But to hear what you just said in that, Ray, and that idea of that abundance mentality and what am I bringing and how can I show up and not letting things like that define you. You know, I think there's still that active pursuit, that resilience that you mentioned last week and and being and doing how you want to be and do in this life. Yeah. And what I took away from what Ray mentioned was that old Rolling Stones song. You can't always get what you want, but you might get what you need. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, we're all uh, I use a 10 million watt bulb, yes. but we're meant to shine in different in different places. Mm -hmm. You know, we can still shine at 10 million watts, but, you know, some are going to shine in this corner office and some are going to shine in this field. And I, I just, it, it's, it's that sense of fulfillment, I think, mm -hmm. but maybe because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> More life behind me than in front of me. I don't know. So let me ask, as we start wrapping up this episode, thinking about that training perspective um, again, and the reason I wanted to break this out into an individual episode is because it can be daunting sometimes with all right. of the different training opportunities that are out there. Where do I start? What do I do? Do I go online? Do I go in person? Do I on demand? I mean, how long should I let it take? If it's eight weeks, does that mean it's better than, you know, two <laughs> hours? Whew. All right, right. Just breathe first and foremost and to, to think through what is it you're really trying to accomplish. And so we've given you some resources today, uh, but final thoughts from from you all as you consider the, the training piece of this when we're really considering how to battle burnout. Um, mine would be just continuous learning, right? Um, be be that lifelong learner. You never know what that next opportunity will come. Yeah. And again, I just sometimes just look up. Mm -hmm. Just look up. You talked about the environment, the labor market. Uh, you know, you talked about yourself. Mm -hmm. um, just look up. Yeah. And all of these assessments we mentioned today, Clifton Strengths, EQI, ELI, we're going to throw a little plug in here because all of us are certified in one of these here at Missouri Training Institute. And we do offer individual assessments now. Mm -hmm. So you can take the assessment. We'll, we'll administer the assessment to you, get you signed up with it, and then we'll debrief with you in that package on how to interpret your report. So we welcome that opportunity. We would love to work with you. If you're interested in setting something up like that, or if you just have any general questions, you can email us at mti at missouri.edu. Uh, in next week's episode, we are going to wrap up this particular uh, topic on doing more with less. We're, we're going to focus in a lot on kind of taking that ownership piece again that we mentioned in week one like how do you take control of being as productive as you can uh, on the day-to-day -day basis so really reclaiming ownership in, in your part of doing more with less uh, but until then Ray go be great Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Yes.